about 30 more seconds. Let's pay when I go for it. Good morning. We'll call this uh, Atsilas Part 2. Two weeks ago I began with uh, discussing the, the Tikkun aspect of Atsilas, Tikkun versus Toyu. And last week about Atsilas itself, the, the root of the word in the, the Psukim in Baalescha, and the meaning, essentially the ultimate interface. And like Mamutza, Hamachaber, between Elokus, godliness that's higher than Shtalshlus, or let's put it better, put higher than structure, higher than the Esosphiris, and, and the Elamis, which are defined by structure. So in Atsilis, you have both ends. It's called an Elam, Atsilis, and it consists of ten spheres, from Chachma through Malchus, Mechin and Midas. But at the same time, those spheres are all kulei elokus, So you really have a meeting place of where these two come together. So all the language that you find, for example, in Chumash, that Adam is nivra b'tzalem elokim, tzalmenu kidbuseinu. And we know the Ebesht has no dmus and no tzalem. Like the says in Yecheskov, lei Adam hu, lei mara Adam. So... How do we explain Salam and Mus? Or even in these week's Pashas, we talk about Shechanti Besechon, Veneadati Lechashama, that the Ebishta meets and speaks to Moshe Rabbeinu. How do we explain all these? Ovayeret Hashem Hal Hasinai. You know, where did God come down from? He's everywhere. Malekolar is Kvede. Doesn't have to come down anywhere. So all these expressions, Erdano, the Pasha of Zdeim, Vayera. So you look in Teda Eir and Vayera, he explains in Pasachaliyo, this is all Atsilus, essentially. That the Ebrus is meeting so-called the human race or, or the world in a way that we can relate to it. Ebrus doesn't have to come down in Harsinai, if I prostate so He can communicate from wherever he is or from everywhere. But he wants it to be manifest in a way that we can relate to it. And that's really what Atsilus is about. Exactly like in the Psukim, about this Kenim, that the Ebishta wanted it to be lefiyerach. From Moshe Rabbeinu says, he's like above it. The Hashpah still has to come from him. So the Ebishta made a slapsus that it would come through the Skenim. But the spirit of Moshe. So Tzalem Elikim means we created the Ebishta Tzalem because the Ebishta Elikus, at Atzmus, but the Elikus was manifest himself in what we call Esos Fidus. And these Esos Fidus, are uh, essentially one. Say, He's one with them. And therefore we have a place where we can meet. So then, practically speaking, in Aveda, once you have Teda, and Teda, even though Teda is rooted in Shashrim Lefonov, and you can't even call it Zmidis is also not even a title for it. Because it's completely the mile of everything. And yet, Teda is manifest in Chachna. We sit and learn Teda right now. And we're, the mitzvah is to understand Teda. Not just layyad Maikomar, but to understand it with our Seichel. So how could our Seichel meet God's Seichel? And we say, Kol HaKeda V'Sheinah, Kosh Baruch HaKeda V'Sheinah, and all the expressions. This is a perfect example. Teda is manifesting in Atzilus. Atzilus has Chochmah, Bina, Das, and so on. 
so we can relate to it. And the meeting places, when we learn Teda, we're learning to the point it becomes a Yichud Nifla, like the Alter Rebbe says in Pedic uh, in Tanya. And the same thing with the Midas. So there's the Midas, like you have Ava V'yir. How could you have Ava Sashem and Yiris Hashem? When the Abish is completely beyond anything, you could have Ava to someone that's similar to you, to someone you see. You can love your spouse, you can love your children, friends, siblings, parents, children. But how do you um, have Ava Sashem? So the answer is because there's the Abish that manifests in the Dagger called Ava, called Chesed, and Gvura and Teferis. So indeed, that's what it says in Chassidus. You'll find a number of places in Ayim Bey several times. But it's mentioned quite a few places, especially by the Rebbe Rashab, that the whole purpose of Atzilus, he says, is using the Loshan of the Zayar, begin the Shtamudin Bey, in order that we should know him. And then it continues and says, and also we should be able to margish alakus. So if you didn't have Atzilus, essentially, we wouldn't have a place where we can say that we, with our Seichel, could know the Ebishter. Or can feel and love the Ebishter, or reverence, respect, gvura, yira, yira sashem. That's the lashenus in my Chassidus. So it all comes to emphasize the, the necessity of this world. And as I said, it's the perfect balance between the two. You go higher than Atzilus, you already have the beginnings of the Esesphiris we know. But they're, they're either imbalanced, as they are in Tayu, or they're Esesphiris in Keli Echad, in Akudim. Or the Esosphiris Agnusis, which is just the way the Abish is envisioning uh, the, the structure. But it's not yet Bechlal Kalim, it's before the Tzimtzum, or the root at least of the ten hidden spheres. But Natsilis, they call them Esosphiris Hagluyes. And the example, which means revealed, and it's manifest, and it's a structure, and something to talk about. There's a real Selim Elikim, so to speak. Or when we use the word Odom Elyon, what's Odom Elyon? The Abish is not Seer Odom. Odom Elyon is usually Atsilis. Now, one more point I want to make with this is, uh, I mean, I, I'm not going over everything I said last week because uh, I said it last week, but I'm just summing it up to continue and discuss a little more about this, this, uh, this process. We also spoke about Neshamas of Atzilis and Neshamas of Biyah, that all Neshamas we say every morning, Neshamas Shenasata Bitehedi, that's Atzilis. But then it says, Ata Barasa Ata Yitzarta Ata Nefachta Ata Meshamra Bikirvi, so it's the shtalshlus of the, of the neshama every morning anew from atzilas bri atzir asiyah. So for most neshamas, uh, it was rooted in tahira, but then it goes through the levushim of bri atzir. It's like through, the, it goes through different filters, so to speak. So by the time it, it's an established in our guv gashmi, it's already through the dargis of barasya tzata, nafachta bi, and all the way it needs even shemira, shmasham rebekirbi in asiyah. And the Shama Vatsilis also goes, the Rebbe and Atzadik also says every morning, Atta Barasa, Atta Yitzat, Atta Nefach to be. But Kemuvan, by them, they're going through Biyah, Biyah, is more of the language of Chsidit, Bederech Maiver, not Bederech Islapsus, which means it passes through. Alta Rebbe says in Kuntasach, and that also has an effect, but it's not the same effect. It doesn't, it doesn't um, retain the, it, re, it retains the identity of an Neshama Vatsilis. But it has the effect, just like we say uh, Avram Avinu. He was a neshama beguf. So he was a physical body. We saw him physically. But his goof was not mylim and was not concealing and did not in any way distort or change the, the atzilis within him. Chesed of atzilis, which was, which was Avram. So it has to go through Biyah because the neshama is coming down Lamata. 
But however, the question is how much Briah has effect on it. So that's just a little more, just elaborating on that. Um, what I want to cover now is a few more aspects of Atsilus, um, as, as, uh, that we didn't discuss yet, as well as, I probably won't do it this week, but then from there I'm going to go, I think the next step will be, we'll go through the Sefiris themselves. Since now we're talking about Silas and the Sefiris are now complete, so I think the next step after that Silas makes sense to go through Chachma, being a to go through the 10 Sefiris. But that's not for right now. So let's talk about Atsilus itself. So we talked about that Silas consists of Eris and Kalim. Eris and Kalim is again perfect Mamutza. Eris Me'in Hamoyer. It represents, so to speak, and reflects godliness, Alakus. Kalim, even though it's Alakus, Yuvi Garmuyichad, like we discussed, it's a separate Chad. But it's a lakus. But it's a lakus that is focused on the keli, not on the oyer, not on the, like we said, not on the rotsna alien or the alakusha bezeh, but on what the lakus wants. He wants chesed, he wants gvura. So if you only have the focus that it's ches, chasdish al-kodesh baruchu, then it's not fulfilling its function. A chesed of atzilis, if you interviewed it, has to speak about chesed, not about gvura. So therefore, it has to have structure. And kelim is what creates structure. So the oyer remains somewhat more poshit, more beyond structure, defies structure, no matter what opinion, which I'll talk about in a moment. But bottom line is oyer, compared to keli, is always more pshitis. Just like a flame and a wick. That if you don't have a wick, the flame would disappear. So the wick grounds it, but the, but the flame remains essentially, really defies gravity, and even defies a keli. But it's enough to, be, to, to connect with the with a wick, like when we talk about a psila and a esh. So that is also with a keli and a er. The er has definitely gone through a process to make it really ready to enter into a keli, but at the same time, it's still called er. It's not called keli. And so keli is a focus on the actual structure. What does chesed mean? How is it different than gvura? The er is more on the alakus sheba chesed, that this is God's chesed, Hashem hagdula, hagvura, the Hashem shebeza. So it's, it's, in a way, it's a dakizdik, it's a subtle difference, but it's a, the focus is on the structure, because you need structure, because you need a dirabitachtenim, ultimately. But on the other hand, you want it still to be a, a divine structure. So therefore, it ha- the Eris and Kalim are both there. They both serve different purposes, but they join together. And there you have set the stage that now, once after the Hatzilis will come, the Parsa and Bria, and then more... You read this, and more halam is stadium, and more ishtalshlis, which we'll talk about as we go through these worlds. But you have them all evolving and, root, and rooted in Atsilas. I should just mention, since we talked about it, but just for the record, we talked earlier when I spoke about Erein Sof, Simpson, we spoke about Atsilas, the Klolos, and the Atsilas, the Protis. So generally speaking, wherever Chesidus says Atsilas, it means Atsilas, the Protis unless the Mimer says explicitly otherwise. Which means everything in the Shtalshlis is microcosm, macrocosms, like Yiskalus. So there's like this Chochme, there's Bina and Chochme, there's Chochme and Bina. So the truth is there's Atzillus even in the highest level. So but generally speaking, Atzillus, the close we discussed, is Eden, Sof, Lifni, Atzimtzum, but the lowest levels, meaning like the Essence, Sphere, Sagnuzis. So why confuse matters? Why call it Atzillus even? If Atsilus is an Elam that is only created after the Tzimtzum, yes, albeit a uh, Elam of Elukus, why we call it this way? Because ultimately the, the purpose of Atsilus and Briyat is to connect to Lifniat Tzimtzum. 
and to connect to higher worlds. The thing is, the only the way you connect is first you have to do it on the lower level. So Atzilus the Prot is, is what we're discussing now, is after Ak and Akudim and Akudim comes Atzilus the Protis. And then comes Bri Yitzir the Protis. But Bechlolus, Atzilus the Klolus, if you recall, as the Tzemach Tzedek, the Alter Rebbe Tzemach Tzedek, and the Maimed Rush Gimlimini Adam say, Atzilus the Klolus is generally the Esosphere Sagnusis, or which, which concludes with Malchus of Einsov before the Tzimtzum. Bria the Klolus is, is Ak, Adam Kadman. Yitzira the Klolus is either Akudim and Akudim or Kes uh, Atik and Arich. And Asiya the Klolus is Atzilus the Protis and Bria Yitzira Asiya the Protis. That's the, just to, since we're talking about Atzilus, I wanted to point it out. So, in essence, many times, especially the Rebbe Rashab will say that just as it is Atzilus the Protis, you could from that learn how it is Atzilus the Klolus. I, it's a completely different level, but there's a similarity, because when you compare, let's say, Eide and Sov before the Tzimtzum, after the Ebershter already envisions, after Ola Beritzene, and there's already Shir Atzmei Bekeach, the Ebershter's envisioning existence, compared to Ak, is similar to Atzilus de Protis, compared to Bria de Protis. So, though it's not in the same level, same plane, but it's the same idea, the same concept. However, it's more in the this is more macrocosm, meaning on a much higher level, and this is more microcosm. Another thing to keep in mind, which also helps understand these things, is the the klal that the Alter Rebbe established right in the beginning in Tanya, in Peri Gimel, where he says that the esekeches hanefesh are nistalshulam mehen from the esesfiris. I just as for the record, I'm not sure if that's said anywhere else. That exact lotion, it's implied for sure. Because the whole Chassidus and Kabbalah is based on that. That the Odom HaTachten is created with Tzalem Elikim. But that exact language tells us this, that if you want to understand the Esosphiris in Atzilis, you have to understand the Esosphiris and vice versa. Because one is Nishtalsu from the other. So really, if you want to have B'Psari Echzelikah, examples of so-called Atzilis, Abri Yitzir through the Esosphiris, we look at our Keiches. So what would be the dogma for it? So you find Exodus, we talk about that keiches ha-nefesh, you have keiches ha-gluyim, you have keiches ha-nolamim, you have keiches hi-yulim, you have keiches atzmim, you have keiches ha-klulim ba-nefesh, and you have etzim, and you have nefesh neisah keiches. So I spelled out now what, six levels? These six levels are actual levels within our nefesh. In other words, the nefesh itself, if you're able to so-called see it, or dissect it, you're not going to see any keiches in it. Because obviously it's all ruchni yazdik. But it's more than that. The keiches are completely not yet shaped and formed. So even our very nefesh, we have a state of pshittis. Though we can't experience it directly, but it's your nefesh, before it, it goes down levels, it's like in a state that's even higher than Atzil, it's higher than Mechlal Eser Keiches. The highest level of nefesh neser keiches. Sometimes called Yechelis Hanefesh, or like compared to Yechelis Ha'atzmos. No, the Nefesh has the capacity to have Chochmeh and Bina, but it's not yet shaped that way. You go all the way to the other extreme, which we can relate to, the Kreches Gluyim. So that's clearly Kreches that we see, whether it's the Kreches Asiya, Kreches the power to write, or the power to speak, or the power to see, or to hear. Seichel, Midas. So the Gluyim is what we experience. Nelomim is already a step beneath that. Like, for example, if I'm speaking now a few words, 
I can speak many more words, but I'm not necessarily doing that. So just because the Kayach Goli seems a certain way, or you can throw, let's say, a rock of, uh, for, you throw a stone for 50 feet. And someone says, that as far as you can throw? No, I didn't exert myself. He didn't use all your Kayachs. Where's the rest of the Kayach? It's Nella. But it's there. It's, you can access it any time. Yes, if with, with exercise and conditioning, you may be able to train your muscles, and you can also to end up throwing something even further. Just like some people can run a mile, and if they work on it, they condition themselves, they can end up running a marathon for 20 miles. Basically, in the language of Chassidus, that would be bringing, be Megala, the Keiches Nalom, into Keiches Gluyim. Now, the truth is, you can say Nelam is not without any exercise. It's just Nelam, you're just not using it to the fullest. Nelam, you can say, but however, you go to Keiches Heyulim, and I'm not going to go through all the levels right now, just giving it as an example, or Keiches Atzmim, then you could say that's like the Keiches Atzmi, the Etzim HaKeiches and the Nefesh, that could be something that we don't access so easily. Maybe that you need yigiyah and exertion. Like he says in Samach Vov, the difference between, um, between, uh, between the two types of halomas, he says, a halom she'enu b'mitziyas, a halom she'yeshnu b'mitziyas. The example being the difference between a hot coal and a uh, flintstone, a tzura halomish. So a hot coal, a white hot coal, if you look at it, you may think it burned out but you sure don't want to touch it because it could be even hotter than a coal that is, uh, that's revealed. Now, if you fan it or you put it in water, you right away see that uh, there is fire there. It's just not seen. You don't see the fire. So that's like a keiches nalomim. What's a tzurach halomish? A flintstone. You can touch it. You can put it in water. And yet, it still has the power to give off a spark. But to do that, you need a strong yigi. You need to strike it. You need a real hakah in order to bring out the spark. So he says, that's all that a halalam is more like a kayach atzmi. So it's there, but you can't access it easily. You can't just blow on it or fan it and suddenly it'll start, you have to strike it. Just to give an example. So essentially, going back to Atzilus Briyatzirasiya, if you think of them, of the Svidas in each one of them, it all comes down to how begoli it is. So generally speaking, Swedish of Atsilis is like Keiches Gluyim. But it's in a pure way. It's like the healthiest type of person where all the Keiches are perfect. Once you're going beyond, higher than Atsilis, you're already going to Nalomim and Hiyulim and Atzmim and all the way up to the highest levels. It's just a way to look at it. So you'll say, what's Briya Tzidasi in this context? Well, Briya, when we'll talk about it, is essentially the same as the Swedish, but they now... Not in a perfect way. I can just give an example. Uh, when a child is born, Baruch Hashem, a healthy child. When a child is born, everything worked perfectly. For example, you look at a newborn child, you'll see the lungs. You could actually see the child breathing. Because the child is using 100% of its lungs. By the time we're already five, six years old, we're not losing all the, lung, the entire lungs. Because the toxins that we breathe in and the pollutants make you not be able to breathe with all the lungs. When you get older, less and less. That doesn't mean you can't breathe. It just means, but it means you're not using full. That's why many people, if they take a full breath in, start coughing. Because you're usually not breathing with all of your lungs. You're using 90% of them. What's the point? That the keiches, in their purest form, if you're using them 100%, that's like a world of atzillus. It's all pure. The edus and kalim are seamless. There's so-called, in the example that I'm using, there's no aging, there's no disease. 
So the Eris and the Kalim work perfectly together. An adult, as we get older, different things start blocking, whether it's the pollutants, arteries get blocked, other things as a person ages, the Eris and Kalim are not, that, that not aligned with each other. The Rebbe Rashab, in Shkafta the Rebbe, Rufkin writes that the last days of his life, which is he's documenting there, the last days of the Rebbe Rashab's life, so the last night, I think, or the night before that, he, hear, he says that they heard the Rebbe Rashab saying something, and then he began coughing, and, he, and then he said, the Eris, that was the Rebbe Rashab's expression. That the Eris, that means the Eris can't settle into the Kalim, which essentially means, ultimately, if the Eris and Kalim cannot work with each other, that's called what we call a misa, theft. An illness is that the Eid and Kali are struggling with each other. And the truth is, it, it makes total sense when you think about it. Any, God forbid, illness is essentially the Eid and Kali are not cannot able to fully function well with each other. Question is, to what extent? So when you talk about Briyatsirasiya, the Eid and Kali are no longer as aligned as they are in Atsilis. In Atsilis, it's a perfect alignment. The Kali and the Eid work mamish perfectly, without any uh, obstructions. And without any uh, distortions, they're aligned. The keli is a perfect keli for the air. The air is perfectly fit for the keli. You know, like mashpi and makabal, they work together perfectly. Any imbalance is already a result of halamas that come afterwards. And well, the bria, and then even more in yitzira, and all the way into asiya, until asiya gashmis, into taknish and taknlamatim. So, that's an additional point in understanding tzilus. Now, um, there's so much in Chassidus about Atzilus, I, I, I don't think I can cover it all. I'm just trying to cover some main key things, especially in the context of, say, the Shtalshlus, and most importantly, Aravoida. As I discussed last week, you could ask the question, why do you need to know about this Atzilus? If none of us could ever reach that level, and the Alter Rebbe would tremble, even when he said the word Atzilus, he couldn't even say the word. Because when you know what it is, it's like pure lakus. Yes, it's a lakus in Sviris and in the structure, but it's a lakus. So why are we told about it? So as I explained, it's because we are always told about what the standard is. It's like, why do we learn in the Tanya Dalta that has to tell us in Pedic Yud what a tzaddik is? For all can only be a baini, why do we need to know? The Alta Rebbe wrote a for Shel Tzaddikim. Why do we tell us Pedic Yud that tzaddik? Because at the end of the day, the Rebbe explains in different places, even a tzaddik is also something that was negated to us. First of all, it's important to know what the standard is. What is the real perfect Aveda, where a person completely has no Yetzirah, and or whether Tzadik Gomer or Tzadik Sheinah Gomer. And even if we never reach it, but it's like you always want to know what the destination is. Like you want to know what is a perfect human being. So you have something to strive for, as far as, far as you can go. Secondly, we all have Bedakus. In some way, we have a Tzadik within us, we have a Baini within us, we have a Russia within us. I think Vayetze, Tov Shinun, the Rebbe said that explicitly. That everyone has Tzadik Baini Rosh within them, which explains then, of course, why the Alter Rebbe explains it all. Now, what does that mean? It means you can be the Chlolus in the Gedder of our Rosh of a Tevle, but that doesn't mean you don't have Neshamash and Nesatabi Tehiri. We say that every morning. If we didn't have that, why do we say Neshamash and Nesatabi Tehiri? If after it goes through Rosh Yitzhata Nefachtabi, you can say it's no longer Tehira, because it always remains Tehira. Like when we say, Afal Pisachati Yisrael, then the Shama comes, is always intact. 
We're not accessing it, or we have to work on accessing it. By a, a tzaddik or a neshama datzilis doesn't has that without all these uh, filters. So it's always critical to know that, so to speak, atzilis exists right within us, which really explains why you see the Rebbe demanding from people anoshim kerkenu the highest things, because the Rebbe looks at a person, looks at you, looks at us as what we can be, not just what we think we are. What we think we are is like the Kreichas Gluim. You see somebody, you see, okay. You don't know, you don't see their potential. You don't see the ability to be far, far better than we are. Now, obviously, it's also, we're not fooling ourselves. It's not like we, know, we don't know that we're not perfect people. But it's important to know, as I mentioned from the Alta Rebbe, how great we can become. If you don't have that, basically what the Tate the is teaching you and expecting from you something greatness. Not just mediocrity and not just from Bainini, but to reach the greatest levels. And yes, but Pail Mamish, Midas Bainini is Midas Kolod and Vacharel Kolod and Yimsha, because that's something which we can actually physically do because everyone has the power to control the Machshav Adibur But never think that in the Shama we learn Pedic base. Then the Alter Rebbe says that Chelik Elikam Mamish goes through Ishtalshlus. And that's why it's the difference between the Shama's Gevayas. Or neshamas, like he says, from akfaim or pchinus tzipernaim. But they're all. He does, that's not negating what he said in the beginning of the pedic base. That's a chelikal common mamamish. However, like I said, it goes through these levushim. So essentially, everything that says anywhere about atzilus is relevant to each one of us. However, everything lefiyerach, just like we say every day, v'hafta Hashem elkecha, b'chol levofcha, b'chol nafshecha, b'chol meidecha. Everybody has the levavcha, nevavshecha, and meidecha. But one meidecha, imayit shalcha, is different than my meid. So everybody has the capacity to go beyond themselves. What is beyond is all the fear of who you are. So really in Indian, you could say Atsilis is not some stationary planet in the sky. It's a level. It's a dimension. And everybody of us can be, be Atsilisdik, if you wish. You know, I mentioned, I think, also, the Rebbe saying once, that moment, you know, if a person has a Yisederus by Ne'ila, Yom Kippur, that moment you can be a Tzadik Gomer. That doesn't suddenly change you that you became a Tzadik Gomer full time. But it means for a moment a person was in a state of Mesidus Nefesh. Or feeling that and they feel complete, uh, completely devoted. The challenge is to maintain it and to bring it into the regular routine of day-to-day. But the, the capacity that a person has, which of course is a very different way of looking at a id and a human being, which unless you learn chassidus, you don't see it that way. So this not, that's why it's hard to criticize someone that didn't learn chassidus and they see, let's say, what they call peshi yisrael, someone that is not living up to the standards, they see them as inferior. They see them, look, this person is, is off limits. When they ever started Mifzit film, that put out film on every man, man or, or, or after bar mitzvah, so there was the tainus. What do you mean? A gufnoki and all the different conditions. But remember, the whole basis was that it began with the idea that neshama is pure. Yes, in chanami, tinik and there may be different things. But if you don't have that element, like the Rebbe quotes in Hilchus Gedish and Sefpedik Beis from the Rambam about kefenesi atshei meretzani, that the cheretz then a get a get. Get mu'usa. It's forced. Get can be forced. How can be kefen they say? So the Rambam answers, Mamashach Siddish Rambam, that what? That no, it's the opposite. Yitzrehu Sha'anse. 
He's forced by his Yitzhahara, but every Yid wants to do what Abishta wants, and, and one does not want to do what Abishta doesn't want him to do. And you say, what do you mean? But Pail Mamish, you see people all the time are doing what Abishta doesn't want. But that's not the etzim of the person. That's Yitzre. That's the force that's outside of him. And the Rebbe quotes this, I mean, Chassidus quotes this Rambam. It's essentially this idea that he has, in language of Chassidus, he has Atzillus and Tehera with him all the time. Whether he acts on it is another story. So there are situations where Bezdin can be Kaveya that you force him because you're not forcing him. You're only forcing, if someone's holding him hostage, so you're, getting, you're releasing him from kidnap, being kidnapped by the Yetzir Hada and freeing and allowing him to be the true who he's supposed to be. There's much more to talk about this, what that means exactly, and when and can you apply that in every situation. Because based on that, you know, the big question is, and um, it's just a maimon amuzga. So then what, what's the concept of a get musa? It's, nothing should be ever forced. He, everyone wants to do what the tater says. So that's not for now. That I'll uh, leave Rabbi Shachat and the others that deal with uh, Hilchus Gitten and uh, Kedush. But to go back to um, our topic here, so Atzillus is essentially the level that, that uh, gives us the perfect picture of what the world would look like. Think of it, lost in love what the world will look like if it's completely aligned with uh, Elokus. I think I mentioned this once, I just, just to, to bring the, drive the point home practically. There's a sikha in Chelechov Hei um, Vayigash, where the Rebbe added a whole sif, B'Ksaviyat Kotche, when he was Magia that sikha. And um, it, uh, it, it, it's very practical, but it's also very profound. And I think it's worthwhile mentioning here. <laughs> there the Sikh is concerned with the issue that there's talking about the uh, Yigash, Yehuda love. you're talking about the Hagosh of uh, Yehuda and Yasef. And Naveda and Ruchni is Yehuda is Maisa, and, and uh, Yasef is uh, Talmud. That's why the name Yehuda Heidah, and Yasef is Esopha. And uh, and the Machlekes in the Gemara, Talmud Gadol or Maisa Gadol. And that was essentially the confrontation between Yasef and Yehuda, both throughout their whole history. Later it would manifest in the, in the split of the Malchias, Malchus Yisrael and Malchus Yehuda. Also Yasef and Yehuda were the leaders of both. As the Haftarah says in Vayigash, that La'osad Lave will become Vahoyah Eitz Echad, and both, and it'll be Nasi David Avdi Le'elam, that Yehuda will be um, the, the Melech. But in the stages before that, you need Yasef to prepare us to, be, to reach the level of Yehuda. The language of Chsidis that you first need, Limadatera, to know, like Talmud Godl, Shemevil De Maisa. That's why Yasef ended up being a leader. Even though Malchus is given to, to Shevet Yehuda. But the Yehuda is Malchus. Svidus HaMalchus, Yesuf is Yisod, the Mashpia, and you first need to have the Giluim to then be Megala, the Etzem of Yehuda, which will be Lashid So this is expressed in the Talmud Godel Maisegol, so the Gemara concludes, Talmud Godel Shemevel De Maise, because it has both, Chalma Simon, you have Talmud HaMaise. But then it says in Svarim that the Lashid will be Maisegol. So the Klotzkash is, what does that mean? Talmud has both. So why suddenly is Maisa Godel going to be? Like Maisa without Talmud? And you, have, you already resolved this. 
And the Rebbe, there's an answer in the Sikha, and the Rebbe added his own, the Ksavyat, he added this answer, the following answer. The Rebbe says like this, why do you need Talmud? Why do we need to learn? Why can't we just do what the Ebershter wants? The answer is because in Elam Hazah, we don't feel what the Ebershter wants. So if you don't look in Shulchan Aruch, and you don't look in Tater, you'll not know what's right and what's wrong. When it comes to your body, you don't need to look in a safer to know when you're hungry. You wake up in the morning, you're hungry, you, your body tells you you're hungry. Or when it's tired, or other physical things. But the neshama doesn't speak quite that way. Or we don't hear the voice of the neshama. Neshama doesn't tell you right away, I'm hungry or thirsty and I need a mitzvah or a tater. So therefore, the only way to know that today, that today is going to be, that Shabbos is coming, because it's the calendar at Shabbos, the tater tells us what to do on Shabbos. However, once the world will be meaning the physical world will feel a lakus. As the Medrash says, that a person will go Shabbos or Shemitah and tear off a te'ena, a fig from a tree, the te'ena will yell out Shabbos today or Shemitah, depending on the girsah there. So you have to look in a Shulchan because the world itself will tell you. Even Mikir Tizak, the stones themselves will cry out from the walls. Because Elokus will be just like today the body tells you it's hungry, you'll feel what David wants you to do, La'asid Lavi. So then you don't need Talmud. Talmud is only there to teach you. So that's why Maisegot, that's how the Rebbe answers. He brings the. Allah the Rebbe brings many times about uh, Behemish and Ishtate that a shamer, let's say, agrees to protect an animal. His friend says, I'm going on a trip and I need you to watch my animal. And, um, and then, and so of course, if he agrees, he's responsible. If the animal destroys something or tramples on somebody's property, the shamer is responsible because he took upon himself. But the question is, what happens if the animal jumps into fire? and gets hurt or killed, is the shame irresponsible? And the answer is no. So Nesei Kalim of the Shulchan Aruch, he brings there for Chesha Mishpat. Why is no? Because how is the shame supposed to know that's a crazy animal? A normal animal would never jump into fire, as we see. So unless the owner warned him, how is he supposed to watch out for something that's not expected? For regular damage that an animal tramples or walks in the wrong property or steps on a keli or whatever, that he's responsible for. So even an animal senses that fire is dangerous and therefore won't jump into fire. So the Rebbe uses that as an example that when the whole idea that we can do an Aveda, which is like putting your hand in fire, is because we don't feel it's fire or we don't feel the damage, we don't feel the effects of fire. That's why... The Ruach Shtus, why, do you, why Ruach Shtus? Every one of us can say, one second, I have a nice Yetzirah, I don't need a Ruach Shtus, I just have a type or a temptation. Because there's no way that without Shtus that a person would do something that's destructive. So you have to say you don't see it. It's a moment of insanity or a moment of blindness. I don't know if that's a defense in the Bezna Shalmaila, but the bottom line is it's, it can't be that a person would know the damage done, that they would do something destructive to them. But that's the Nelam Hazah, today. But that will not be the case, because then we will know the world itself, the world will be saturated, and therefore Talmud will not be needed.
So the Rebbe concludes, and why then, so why are we, are we going to learn Teda L'Asulavah, we know. So the Rebbe cites from the Geras HaKedah, Simachavah, then Teda will be not to know Yisr and Heter, but to be Liachid Yechudim El Yenim. Because remember, Teda is still Chachmosh, you can learn Teda, not necessarily to know the Halacha. You learn Teda to be, understand the Ebesh, and, and connect with the highest levels. That's the word. Why am I bringing it? Because to me, it's an excellent way to explain what does a world look like when Atzilus is begili. When you say l'osid lave, that will be like the world, Elam Hazel will be like Atzilus, completely aligned. This is a perfect way to explain it. Now the Rebbe says in Boslagani Tovshin Yeralef, brings about Atzilus, he says, so when we do a mitzvah today, a mitzvah officially changes the world, right? He said, not in Teda. Mitzvah gives us the power to change Gashmias from a chefze shalchel to a chefze shalchel So where do we see that? Do you see when you do a mitzvah, when you take a sefer teda, can you see physically the sefer teda has become more refined? Yes, we respect it and we, there's a, a certain, um, a certain uh, awareness, but you don't feel or see it. You see when you do a mitzvah with an eserig or, uh, or tzitzis or anything, you see a shinri in the chefze? So Chesidus answers the Rebbe brings there from the Rebbe Marash that it's like munich bekufse. It's like, yes, it generated energy, but since we're not on the energy level, our physical eyes can't see, so it's like munich bekufse. It's like stored in a treasure chest. And the chest will open and it'll just be gilea helen. It's there already. So the world has changed. And in many ways, you could see changes. The Rebbe speaks in the, nun, in the early nuns and mem, the late mems about the shinuim in the veld that you see, whether technology or political freedoms or the fall of the Soviet Union and other things that the Rebbe said clearly is signs that the world has changed. But the real full change will only be loss and love. I'm just trying to make it practical that Atzillus is not just some abstract idea. It's actually the world the way it's meant to be. Our Aveda is to now align what we have right now. So if someone says to you, what does your chesed look like? Chesed in Elam Asi Agashmi. So you could describe, here's how my chesed works. I'm kind when I want to be, sometimes I'm not so kind. Can you align your chesed with the chesed of Atzilus? That would be essentially the formula of how what Aveda would look like. Now obviously you, got, you, got, you can't jump. So try to align it first to Asiyah Ruchnius, a chesed of Asiyah Ruchnius, a chesed of Asiyah uh, I'm sorry, Briah, and then Briah, and then Atzilus. If you look in Pedic Vov in Tanya, there's Hagah, where he talks about how the Esesphiris of Atzilus are mislabish in the Esesphiris of Briah, and then into Yitzira, and then Asiyah. It's a very powerful Hagah. In other words, we have Atzilus right here, however, it's through the garments of Briah, Yitzira, and Asiyah. It's our Aveda that we requires. So the more we understand Atzilus, the more we understand where we're working toward. Like I mentioned with the lungs last uh, week, that when you see healthy lungs, you can understand, okay, these are lungs that are not so healthy. So now we know what to work toward. So Atzillus is essentially our benchmark of the standard of what we work toward. When you understand chesed of Atzillus in the fullest sense, you then can say, okay, now I can look at the chesed in my life and see how close is it. That's why we have the Maimah Chazal. You hear what it says, that a person will be asked, Mosei Yagiyah, Maisei Maisei De'Avesei. How could you expect that our Maisim will be like the Maisim of Avesai, Avram Yitzchak Yankov? But Maisim of a similar bonim. We also have Avram Yitzchak Yankov right inside us. We're told Avram within you is chesed within you. 
Uh, Yitzchak within you is Gvura. Uh, Yaakov is Teferis. It's all within us. However, yes, it's the purest form of it. So that's why we can be expected. What does your chesed look like? I can tell you, I've done many workshops and many uh, conferences and many seminars on this topic with completely secular people who never even heard of the word Atzillus or B'ri Yitzir And what I did was, like a, it was like a relationship workshop. And I said, okay, you know, how, how does a person love? You love your spouse. Okay, that's called chesed. Now, what does that look like? And I actually laid out that how what chesed of Asiya looks like and what chesed of Yitzira and Bria and Atzillus. To give people a standard. And I can tell you, it had a visible impact. Because unless you know what's expected, people don't know what I'm capable of. You know, some people think, you know, we all do it the same way. I have no real hope for me. But you want people to grow, you have to give them these levels. So I'm really, really explaining also more than just Atzillus here. Also, say the Shtalshos, you're talking about how you grow from a, a Sia level to a Yitzira level to a Bria level, ultimately to Atzillus level. Now, can we all reach that immediately in the fullest sense? As I said, no, that's not what we're talking about. But you can definitely improve it. And when someone says, okay, I think I, think I love my wife in the best possible way. I think I love my children in the best possible way. Very nice. Then you suddenly hear the standard of what chesed really is like. And that's silly. You say, oh, one second, I'm not there yet. I remember when I was writing Toward a Meaningful Life. So I had a, uh, an editor that I hired to help me. So he was a, a secular Jew. Actually, he was born, interestingly, he was the youngest of eight children born to two Jewish parents who converted to Catholicism. Yeah, it's like a Baal Shem Tov here. And um, he didn't even, you know, he, was, he, he would go to church every day. So he was a journalist, and I, we had found him, and I was, he was working with me. His name is Stephen Dubner. He later became the famous author of the book called Freakonomics, in case you want some name dropping. Um, I'll upon him. That's not my point. My point is that he never, heard, he never learned Tehidi, he never learned Chassidus. And this was like his first, and that was my kavana. I wanted someone who's not going to bring his ideas into it. I wanted someone who just knows how to polish the prose, the language. So it was really a great partnership. We worked very well together. I mean, I wrote it all, but I was able to write 90 pages, and he could take out the redundancies and turn it into 10 pages. So it was really, that was his, his role. Now, at the time, I remember once, we would talk many times, of course. So one night, he calls me up. It's like late at night, 11 o'clock. And he says to me, you know, you're destroying my life. So I said, how am I destroying your life? I thought, uh, I'm enriching your life. He says, I have a girlfriend. And um, I don't think she was Jewish, if I recall correctly. And he says, I'm, I'm now working on the chapter on love and marriage and intimacy and I'm reading what the standards are, and I look at her, and I say, hey, this isn't anything close, my relationship with her. And just really creating a lot of tension here. Well, what do we know? And a few weeks later, they broke apart. Now, I didn't tell him whether I was happy or not happy. It wasn't my business to tell him what to do. He was just reading about a higher standard that he had not known. Anyway, the story's not over. Uh, a few years later, he got married. A very fine girl, woman in Manhattan. He has two children now, named the one after his father. His father was a Bar Park Jew, a Frum Jew, who, whatever reason, in the 50s, converted to Catholicism. It's a story of its own. He wrote a book about this, too, called Turbulent Souls. I think he changed the name later. It's a story about his life, very uh, bizarre life. But Al Capone, he invited me to the wedding. It was in Manhattan. 
And he invited me to say a few words. So I, I told this story. I said that, uh, I remember Stephen calling me at 11 o'clock at night and telling me that I'm destroying his life and his relationships. So I have to say that since he's married now, uh, Ellen was the name. That means that Ellen does live up to the standards because he knows what the standards are now. So this marriage is a reflection of, I didn't say the world of Atsilas because I don't know if that was the exact standard, but I saw with my own eyes that when you teach someone something of a standard they're not even aware of, it changes your whole being. And I think it's a critical thing to understand, you know, when people ask, why do we need a Rebbe? Why do we need a Tzaddik? It's the same question. Why do you need a Tzillus? Kedach asked that question. Everyone's holy. Because you need, firstly, you need a standard. You need to see, no, this is a Nesham of Atzillus. This is what Atzillus expects. So, that, so you, don't, you don't have a distortion and that's a high convince yourself, I'm already there. You're not there. So understanding that, that's why people, the first time they hear about the Rebbe and the way Chassidim, Chabad Chassidim look at the Rebbe, they never saw anything like that. And, it's, and it can be even disturbing. They say, my Rosh Hashiva, I never look at him that way. He's infallible and all the other things. Now, maybe some of them have learned and they've started worshiping their uh, personalities. And I don't know the worshiping is not the right word, but you know what I mean. Um, so when you really come to understand, you can't understand a Rebbe unless you understand Atzillus and unless you understand Chassidus. It's not because, because it's not a cult figure. That's, most people think such devotion to a man, so it's a cult. They have a guru, the Havdil. But it's only when you understand what is a Neshama Vatsilis. And the Abish just sent Neshamas of Vatsilis to this world, like he explains in Pedig Beis and Tanya. And the Day of Adofka, the Dovka boy. What's the idea? And it says in Mechilta, that Vayiminu Bashem Bamesha Avdi equates and saying, Misha Maimon, if you don't believe in Moshe, it's like not believing in the Abish. How could you say such a thing? You show it to people, they don't believe, they think it's a Chsidish It's a Medish, Befedish, and Medish. How do you explain such a matter? How could you equate a person, even the greatest, to the Ebishter? The only way is understanding Atzillus, that the Ebishter himself imparted, so to speak, a lakus into a manifest state, and those neshamas that, that, that flow from there, avis hein amarkova. And same thing with all neshamas of Atzillus, are a merkova 24-7. Once you understand the concept, then you say, okay, then I can understand. It really gives a whole different take on the idea why we, why we look at, like, you know, many people ask the question, Rabbi Akiva, he was a great scholar, but why, who says we can't disagree with him? Why not? He's a human being. But the whole idea of chesimus ashas. Why can't we disagree? It's all up al And when you come to understand, no, there are neshamas that David gave, and they also have seichel and tamid chachomim, but they also have an element of bitl, and their bitl allows them to be in a way that they are reflective of the emes of the Ebershter. And that's critical, because if you take away that, if you only have the Ebershter and Teda, and you don't have Tamid Chacham that are conveying Teda in a fully honest way, it destroys the whole integrity of Teda. Because someone will ask a question, one second, that's very nice. The Ebershter gave Teda 3,333 years ago, or 34 years ago, and fine. But how do you know, how did it get to us? It came through people. How do you know that people didn't change things? Even if not bekavon, a human being, you know, you play telephone, for example, and I say the word uh, apple, and you go through the room, and everybody whispers, and there it is, it'll come back at the end, it'll be elephant, or whatever. This is in the same room, people living the same time. That's how it works. When you say words, things go, to, go through changes. And here we're talking about thousands of years, and Eden went through all kinds of uh, nesanus and challenges, 
How, how do we know that Teda is exactly Teda Semis? The way it was given by Matan Teda? Because you have to say that Abishta chose people and made sure that they have the rules, if they follow the rules of how they teach Teda and how they develop Teda, that it will not be distorted. It will not be in any way, no Ziyuf, not Bekavona, not, not Bekavona. And you can only understand that essentially, Atzilis allows us to understand because it becomes a Mamutza, essentially between Elokus and existence. So that's just some ways to explain Atzilis in a more, I guess, Balbatisho, a practical way. Okay, well, that will stop here. Everyone have a good day.